1: What does Motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of Motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What does the audience want to learn about? How could you answer those questions? Mm-hmm. So it's super simple. Everybody wants to learn how to make more money. Everybody wants to learn how to level up with mm-hmm. investing in real estate. So I think there's just a, a big opportunity to take these
0: topics and programs and turn them into viral content. Welcome back, guys. Got a great guest for you guys today, Neil Dingra. How's it going, man? Great, man. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. I just saw. Um, so I saw you had a big conference in Vegas. That's so how I found out about you. Yeah, I'd love for you to uh, talk about that conference.
1: Yeah, so it's called the Forward Event. We do it every summer in Vegas uh, at Resorts World. Mm-hmm. We had it last couple of years and. It's just a, it's really about moving forward as the name implies. But honestly, it was started as just a passion project. So I had uh, been in the mortgage and real estate space for a number of years, built my business. And the way I grew my business was doing content marketing and mm-hmm. really putting myself out there on, on social and then funneling that into different tactics to get business and grow right. my business and recruit and do all these things. So I started doing that. And then what I noticed was everybody in my industry started reaching out saying, Hey, Neil, can you teach us how you're doing this? Or, Hey, we'd love to have you speak on this. And so I started to do a lot of education within the industry, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of transitioned into, hey, I could really help people really move their business forward in this industry. So it started off with me doing just webinars and and small events and just really micro events is Mm -hmm. how I got started. So I did um, micro events of like maybe 10, 20 people, just meet up style Mm and then it from there it grew to like you know 50 people and 80 people and 100 people and then this summer we had 1000 people there. Jeez. And uh, it's kind of crazy when you think about online content you think about millions of views and going viral and all this stuff but yeah. then when you're sitting on us in a room with 1000 people like it feels really big like there's a, that's a big impact. So in person totally different vibe than online. Yeah. But uh, I love doing both. I think it's it's super necessary. I know it's difficult and not scalable to do in person events but I think it's a great way to uh, really get people together and make a difference
0: absolutely yeah i always try to go to at least you know five ten a year in-person conferences or events yeah i'm a big believer in it yeah and it's easy for me because i'm in vegas everyone comes here yeah (laughs) all the conferences
1: are here so i i actually talked about this a lot of like hey i had the experience of being somebody in the audience and it it may not be like something revolutionary that was said on stage but it kind of just hits you at the right place right time you know like there's something to be said for leaving what you're doing every day and maybe even flying to another city Mm -hmm. sitting there you know meeting new people and then now you have the like mind space to really receive something new and to really reflect oh man i've been doing this wrong or oh you know what i really need to make a change in my business or in my my life and that wouldn't happen you know just in your day-to-day grind you had to get out of there and go to someplace new so i'm a big believer like change your environment Get some new information, meet some new people, and mm-hmm. just watch how you're absolutely. Uh, can it's
0: the energy, it's the networking, it's the knowledge. I mean, you, you just can't sit at home and grind. You you got to yeah. get out there,
1: hundred percent. And uh, I'm an introvert; like, I don't
0: want to go out there yeah. and do all these things, but it gets easier, you know. For the more sure, you yeah. It. Yeah, I was a huge introvert, also. I like what you did because being a real estate agent, you know, that's pretty saturated. There's a lot of them, but you were able to make content to Correct. sort of differentiate differentiate yourself from the rest, right?
1: Yeah, so this is the thing with people in real estate and mortgage. Um, you know, they are kind of traditionally the last people to adopt new things. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of the industries that's kind of traditional, old school. Uh, old school. You know, there's tech. There's a lot of tech and innovation there, but it just like slowly takes place. Mm-hmm. So what I found is that creates a big opportunity for people in that industry. And one of the biggest opportunities we all know, you know, with social is just like doing content, putting out content marketing. But a lot of people in the industry. Uh, say no for the audience you know Mm -hmm. they're like well you know there's too many people doing it or they think it's boring and what I found is like some of the most basic advice like when you break it down and make it super simple has been the content that has gone the most viral and has also brought in the the most business and all that kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. we take it for granted because we do this stuff every day but the average consumer does it like once every five years right And so for them, like it's all really good information. But the key is taking like boring, complex topics and turning it into something more engaging. Yeah. So that was like kind of my niche of like, hey, how can we take this kind of. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods market.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: Program that can help you buy a property or an investment property. How do we make it super interesting? Mm -hmm. And so what I really get into is like, I think of it like a video game. You know, like how do we hack attention? How do we get people to watch this video for just a few more seconds? So that way, we have the opportunity to teach them something important.
0: Right. That's cool. What have been your most viewed uh, videos or clips?
1: So for me, like the content that's done the best has been um, teaching something. So I think this would help for any content creators out there. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does the audience want to learn about? So what I do is like go to answer the public, go to um, Google Trends. Mm-hmm. What are people actively like typing in this in the search bar? Like, what are they looking for? What are trending right topics right now? And then what are the questions around those? And how could you answer those questions? Mm-hmm. So it's super simple. It's, I mean, we we overcomplicate the process, but really it is all it is is like, what do the people want to learn? What could you teach? And so for me, the best content, the most viral content has been teaching things about real estate and mortgage and finance. Right. And, and everybody wants to learn how to make more money. Everybody wants to learn how to level up with mm-hmm. investing in real estate. So I think... There's just
0: a, a big opportunity to take these topics and programs and turn them into viral content. I love that. And have you seen like a video length that is like a sweet spot or does it even matter?
1: So, for short form, uh, I've been doing a ton of these. I've probably posted a couple thousand videos now at this point on just one platform mm-hmm. and then now, you know, scaling to other platforms. But what I found the optimal length after analyzing all this was like 37 seconds. 37? Yeah. That's so, so specific. <laughs> so we just ran it through like a spreadsheet on like YouTube or on. Uh, Instagram reels, Instagram reels okay. and so the reason why I focus on Instagram reels is because Instagram has our demographic which is millennials mm-hmm. and we're looking for millennials with money right so that ha- the millennials are the biggest generation in the history of this country they're also in their prime purchasing years mm-hmm. so I'm in real estate but it doesn't matter what you sell if you're marketing to millennials Instagram's a good place to do it and then the other cool thing about Instagram for us is we do a lot of conversion and and starting conversations through DMs. Mm. So we do content and then le- it leads to DM conversations. Right. Uh, that isn't really possible on YouTube. Uh, it, on TikTok, I'm not sure if people are using DMs as much as yeah, they are. Probably not. And so Instagram is kind of like the sweet spot for
0: for doing those DM conversions. Mm-hmm. So I've been focusing
1: uh, primarily there.
0: Dude, I love that. I make so much off DMs. It's not even funny. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's such an underrated thing because most people are just DMing to talk to people or reply to stories. Yeah. But DMs—that's where the money is, man.
1: Yeah, it's going down in the DMs. Like <laughs> people used to joke about like sliding in the DMs, but that is where I've created so many relationships. Yeah. you know, and it doesn't always have to be business. That's mm-hmm. the important thing. Like we talk about starting a DM conversation. What what I found is kind of funny, Sean. Is like a lot of DMs don't aren't don't start with business conversations. They yeah. start with like you posting that you're here at the win, and someone's like. Yo, I didn't know they had a podcast right. studio at the win. Right. And then, yeah, and then you talk about it. And then two, three weeks later, we're talking about some business deal. But the icebreaker of the conversation starter is just what's going on in your life. Yeah. So like I've been a big proponent of like just do cool mm-hmm. and show it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I noticed one of your guys out here, he's out there, he just keeps taking his camera on, like filming us and yeah. doing stuff. And then he's good at that. Yeah. So now he's capturing content to show, which is gonna be great conversation starter.
0: Yeah. Man, I love that. And uh, are you a fan of that new update where you can only message someone once on I Instagram? Di- oh, I didn't realize that. You yeah, so now that. you can only send one message until they respond. Yeah, they have to respond now. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it, I guess it can help because um, you know you do get like a lot of spam. Yeah. On the platform, so maybe that's what they're trying to produce. But at the same time, um, it's going to make you have to level up. What's that one message that you sent? Yeah. You know, really you to really think, think about. about you can think <laughs> about the copy and everything. The yeah. words.
0: Um, how much money is your setup or, or, or like how much money would you say someone needs to get started making content on average
1: so i would say you need about a hundred dollars you know people talk about buying thousands of dollars we're in a studio here that probably has you know i don't know million dollars worth of equipment in it but hmm. what you need is just this device everyone's got it in their pockets the phone but you do need i found a mic and a light a light. So a light is going to make everything look better. And a lot of people use these ring lights. Mm-hmm. I think that's super harsh. You can see the ring on your eyes or on your face. Yeah. What I would recommend is getting a softbox light. Uh, there's a simple setup on Amazon for like six, 50 or 60 bucks. Okay. And then get a mic because if people can't hear you, they're not going to be able to watch the content. I think what you want to do is just, you don't need the content to look perfect, but you don't want to make people work to have to watch your video. So if they yeah. have to turn it all the way up or if they have to like squint because you're not sharp, Right. Um, you just want to give yourself every advantage. We were just joking outside about people saying, "Hey, man, what mic are you using? What camera are you using to shoot the videos?" That's not the reason why the videos do well. It's what you're, <laughs> it's like what you're teaching. Yeah, what yeah. the words you said, but it does help if your audio is on point. It does help if you're crystal clear because I've just found this, Sean. People treat me better because my content looks better. Mm. You know, people do judge a book by its cover. Right. So, like, it'd be like me rolling up in here today and I smelled funny and I didn't take a shower. I just looked (laughs) weird. You'd be like, "Um, your opinion of me would change. Yeah. For sure. Versus, you know, you show up prepared. So, I think if you're going to post content online, just get it dialed into that, like, on a scale of one to 10, like six or seven. Yeah. That's all you need. And then consistently hit that.
0: I definitely agree with the mic part (laughs) because I thought I could just film reaction videos without a mic, but the audio is so bad. Yeah, and you can notice it.
1: And then what you'll find that what really cuts through the noise is you have to think about this. When people are scrolling on social media, they're kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not that they're dumb, but they're in a dumb state of mind. Just right. think about your own behavior. You come home, you're just sitting on the couch. Some people call this doom scrolling. You're just kind of going through. Yeah. What would cut through the noise? Sharp audio. Mm. You know, like The picture looks good. The light looks decent. And then you say something that connects. Now you've got like all the things aligned. So That's I just true. I think about in a world where there's just a fire hose of content coming at the viewer. How do we cut through the noise? Yeah.
0: Which platform other than Instagram do you see potential in?
1: So obviously TikTok's blown up. Um, it is like a little hit or miss. I found for me it didn't quite work, but I know people in my industry that are crushing TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really connect with the right audience there. Like it may be too young. I'm right. not sure, but. I know people who are doing that. So I think it's like everybody needs to find their thing. I know other people who are not getting any reach on Instagram, but they're crushing LinkedIn. LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm not on LinkedIn, but um, my buddy Chris Doe was just telling me that he's blowing up on LinkedIn and connecting with all these professionals there. Wow. So I think what you need to do is like, it becomes really uh, overwhelming when you think about. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. you know, YouTube shorts, YouTube long form, Mm -hmm. Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, X, right? All these things. And you're like, shit, how do I keep up with all of this? Yeah. Um, Maybe just find one platform that you really can go hard on. And then you can repurpose the content, all the other platforms. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's Instagram. But then also I do, I got into copywriting in the last year Mm -hmm. and really like trying to get better at writing. So for me, that's Twitter, which is now X. So I'll take You know, test ideas in just short form. Just write a few sentences, see what connects with the audience on Twitter. Then turn those into uh, pieces of content for Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I like. uh, I think his name's Dan Co. Yeah, yeah. So he's making four million a year just off Twitter mainly. Yeah, and it's impressive.
1: It's it's really impressive because Twitter has a different type of audience. I feel like
0: it's like a uh, it's higher
1: up the food chain as far as the people you can connect with there. I've I don't have a huge audience on Twitter. I do have a decent audience there, but. I've connected with the people who could really move the needle, like investors, mm. people raising money, uh, wow. different types of businesses, uh, some of the biggest podcasts in the country, like they're on Twitter. And yeah. you can actually catch their attention there,
0: which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it does seem like a more sophisticated, educated audience, right? Correct, yeah. So there's a lot of <laughs> posting there too, but there's, a lo-
1: there's, there's some good stuff that you could post there and connect with. So what I found is um, just get good at writing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting, the way you write things as far as that first line, does it grab people's attention? Mm-hmm. How is the text look on the screen? It's visual too. Like I've noticed a big thing people mess up on Twitter or when they're writing these things is they don't put any spaces. So it'll just be like a paragraph. Right. If you would put a couple line breaks, that might be a viral tweet. It'll help a lot on your eyes. Big time because now you can see it and absorb it. So yeah. there's a visual aspect to just typing text. And yeah. so I've been getting into that. And um, I'm not sure if you've been using this at all, but I know Threads was kind of, Huge uh, star. I deleted it. <laughs> you didn't even use it. Uh, no, I tried it, but I deleted it. Okay, so yeah, I think it's more of a distraction because so many, yeah. so many other platforms. But I've had it still, and um, it's kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, it's not growing like it was in the very beginning. Right. But I've been b- getting decent reach there too. Oh yeah. And so okay. what I've been doing is just taking these tweets that perform well, also throwing them up on mm. threads, also putting them in my Instagram story, story, also putting them in Facebook feed, mm-hmm. LinkedIn feed. So um, you know, it does take like some bandwidth as far as maybe you have a, uh, an assistant that can help you repurpose yeah, yeah. content. But if you do go through the time to make a video or write something and it does decent, take that piece of content and put it up everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you may as well, and somebody will connect with you because yeah. of
0: it. So what inspired you to get in this content game? I know you were um, hanging out with Gary Vee. Was that like an inspiration for you? Yeah, big time. So I was doing
1: uh, the business. I didn't even have a social media account. So mm-hmm. I was just in my business, you know, doing pretty well but just kind of burnt out on uh, doing the traditional things like calling people, knocking on right. doors, doing all the things that we're supposed to do in sales. And I didn't really do any marketing. So what I found was like at some point, you have to be doing something that has a, a bigger return than just what you know standard returns. So I think about returns like this, like symmetric. You put in this amount of energy or money, you get this return. You can easily calculate it. Like But with marketing and content, The return, you put in this time and money, but then the return is, there's no ceiling. Like, this thing could be huge. It could be worthless to somebody. And another person, it could be worth $10 million, Mm -hmm. $100 million, whatever. So I think at some point, I realized, like, hey, I'm not doing anything that's asymmetric. I'm only doing these things, which are very basic. Mm. So I was thinking about, like, how do I get started with this? And then I would see Gary Vee videos and uh, some on YouTube. And then I started to get into social And I think it was just one time, like I'd seen a bunch of different content, but one of the videos just kind of clicked with me of like, hey, I need to get started with this. Mm -hmm. So I just started putting out the videos. But I'm telling you, man, these videos I would make in the beginning are so bad. (laughs) Like, I can't even, you know, it's bad when you can't even watch your own video. You know what I mean? Like, you're watching, you can't even get through it. It's cringy. It's just cringe, right? But that, I think everybody has to go through that. And so many people don't start because they don't want to be that cringe video. The good news is, nobody sees those videos, really, because... Yeah, like 10 people. Yeah, it's just like your friends and family. Yeah. They're probably going to hard it up just to support you. <laughs> uh, but the algorithm is not going to show it to anybody because it sucks. So it's kind of like, you don't have to put it on a pedestal. Like, everybody's right. watching me. And so I did those videos, and then just slowly got better at it.
0: That's what happened with me, man. My first 10 podcast episodes, I was terrible. Like, yeah. I think some episodes, I talked more than the guests. And it's just like, you're learning, you know? Yeah, it's just a, it's just like
1: honing your craft.
0: And then you get more comfortable with it, like...
1: With public speaking, I used to be terrible at it, mm-hmm. and then so what I did was like just started doing it more. You know, just started trying more, and yep. then you get better, you get more comfortable, you speak with more confidence and mm-hmm. authority. I had a coach just like help me communicate better, yep. and uh, you can. It, it just to me it just proves that there's nobody who can say, "Oh, that's not for me. I can't do it." Like you can do anything. You just have to start doing it, and then focus on getting better. And Absolutely. it's just like sports and anything else. If you just keep practicing, you get better. Yeah. I think a lot of people expect to be good right out the gate. And mm-hmm. then when they're not, they get disappointed. But where else in life would you expect to be like world class at something right out the gate? Yeah, you know? it's not possible. Yeah. You start playing tennis like you suck. You yeah. know, you have to get good. I think we expect that with everything else. But with content, a lot of people quit
0: because they're not good right yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Public speaking. I remember my first time, I was <laughs> myself, man. I,
1: dude, this is so bad. I would get. Just dry mouth. (laughs) So I got on stage to public speak in front of maybe just forty people. Yeah. My mouth goes completely dry. I can't I can't open it. Like it's just stuck. And I'm like, hey, could somebody get me some water? Yeah. And uh I brought water and then I started drinking the water. Well, then now I could speak because I've like it kind of opened it up, started talking, but it kept getting dry again because it was like a nervous reaction. So I kept drinking water. Now all of a sudden, like eight minutes in, I gotta take a piss.
0: I got 30 minutes left. Oh, man. It was just a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. My it, first time was I had to take a Xanax. I was freaking out. It's always the buildup with public speaking. It's yeah. never once you're like, once you're doing it other than that story, like it's kind of easy, you know?
1: Yeah, once you just rip the bandit and do it, you get better. And then I think it's just those first few times. Yeah. This is kind of a crazy point. Like with almost everything that we think is difficult, the first time it's really difficult. Yeah. Like the next time, it's not like it gets a little easier; it gets way easier. Way that easier. That first time is the worst one. Worst. And then the the bar comes way down. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're gonna be great after one try, but you'll be a lot better off if you just tried it that first time. Yeah. And um, it's gonna be cringe, whatever. You're gonna suck, but everybody has to go through that. Yeah. So I just think of like putting yourself in a situation where the risk is low. So like, do this in front of ten people at yeah. a dinner. Like, offer to do a toast. If it bombs, who cares? It's just mm-hmm. like 10 friends. People, yeah. yeah. No big deal. Like, don't put yourself like on stage with a thousand people
0: where, that's where know. i messed up i did yeah. about 100 150 people but like quality people oh. not like yeah like high income people So that
1: one you probably that's one of those moments where like you would be taking a shower
0: and you'll be like thinking about oh, Dude, man, like that i was haunts on you. i was on the roof of the house having a panic attack oh my like, god that's how bad it got like <laughs> and imagine. they kept pushing my talk back which made it worse dang but, but you did it you came through after yeah I came through it as soon as the first word left my mouth everything went away wow yeah it was all the build-up and once i realized that i wasn't actually scared of public speaking it was like the thought of like how people would react i guess i don't know yeah it's huge yeah but um have you landed any like big deals just as a result of your content marketing
1: yeah huge so i've been able to connect with people i mean just us talking right here like it's because of content so the main thing for me has been relationships Mm -hmm. so it's allowed me to connect with this person who led me to this person now we're doing an event together. Right now we might be doing deals together or investing. Right, so I found amazing real estate and and uh, and finance deals because of putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. Also got to invest in things that I wouldn't have had access to because of uh, doing the content. Right, and then now it's just like I think a big a lot of the opportunities are coming. It's like hockey stick, you know. Like in the beginning, you get little hints, mm-hmm. little bit little wins, and those keep you motivated. But mm-hmm. then you'll start to get bigger wins the longer you stick with it. It's kind of funny. Uh, when I think about compounding, the biggest gains come like towards the end of the growth curve. Right. So it's, you know, a lot of it is like we're focus on getting better, but then just don't quit. Yep. Like, dude, if you just don't quit, because most people quit, like you'll win. Dude, it's so powerful. It's not even like you don't even have to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to be decent and not quit. And you'll find yourself getting new
0: opportunities. That's the thing, right? I love what you said about compounding because first eight nine months of the podcast, I wasn't profitable, but now like huge deals are coming in, and like most people probably would have quit like two three months in. I
1: think ninety percent, ninety five percent, yeah. But do, if they, they do quit. Yeah. Like, what is the stat on that? Like how many podcasts? Yeah, don't, I
0: think ninety percent don't make it to episode ten or something. Exactly. Something crazy, but dude, if you just dedicated a year to it, you know the result of podcasting is crazy. The networking, the stuff you learn. The business deals, the sponsorship money, it, it really is impactful.
1: Yeah. So podcast and YouTube long form seem to be like the hardest to grow. Yeah. But they are the most impactful because you're developing a real relationship with people. If people like I just think about I got like five or six podcasts to listen to now. Mm-hmm. Now maybe another one because I'm gonna start listening to yours. Like <laughs> but you start listening to these guys and gals, like you develop a real relationship with them. There's yeah. a stat out there that says like seven or eight hours is required. Uh, for someone to form a friendship with you mm. online, right, and you don't know them, but they're forming this friendship with mm-hmm. you, and so you think about doing that. That's not really scalable in real life. Like no. you only have so many friends. Yeah. But when you start scaling this online, think about the opportunities. It's probably going to be a business that you didn't even think you would be in right mm-hmm. now. So for me, I was in mortgage real estate. Now I have an education business. The education business. Is growing faster than the other business. Wow. Because of the content. But I had no idea I was going to be doing education. Right. It just sort of happened. Yeah. But it's because of doing the content. So I think, you know, maybe four years from now, I'm doing some insurance thing. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, you, you don't have to, you don't have to like know all the things that are going to be coming. Just know that there's some things coming if you stick with it.
0: Yeah. How did you make that first big
1: money? Was it from real estate? So yeah, I've been doing that for a while. And so what I was making like two, 300 grand a year. Which is decent, but I knew I was capable of more. And then when I started doing content marketing, I was able to forex that. Wow! My first seven figure. This was back in twenty eighteen, and then kept going to like multiple seven figures from just just, off content, just off doing content and building a team. Wow! So for me, it was like I was a uh, mom and pop, like just a small team, me maybe one or two support people, and then we grew to like twenty three people. And then I saw, oh, this is how you know you can really scale this business. So that part, when I saw that, I was like i've been doing this wrong mm-hmm. and i think this is the biggest regret you know people have in entrepreneur space is like oh i wish i would have done it sooner yeah you know that's like the number one thing Cliche, but, yeah. but once you start i mean the best time to start would have been years ago the second best time is today let's just exactly. like just rip the bandit and get going so that helped me scale that business then i started from scratch as a side hustle like a passion project mm-hmm. started doing education and then that business has grown i think um we've done like six and a half million dollars in just uh, two and a half years Damn. since that business started, which I'm not saying that to flex, but I'm just saying, hey, this works. You that's know? teaching people how to make content? Correct. So we teach people and we do events wow. and uh, we do education. And so that's the gross, you know, but it's still cool to see a business growing that fast
0: yeah, um,
1: in just a short period of time
0: because of content. And that's the thing. You proved you can make a million a year on your own. So that's, that's what made you eligible to teach it. You know what I mean? Right. Some people try to teach without proof yeah so that's i didn't do
1: that until i had already proved the concept and then still to this day everything we're teaching i'm doing in real time so that's why i always want to be in the industry as well Mm -hmm. because i think there's a lot of coaches and i don't knock anybody for doing it but like like you said they're not doing the thing so then you don't really have your finger on the pulse like does this really work yeah can you really make money doing this so for me i want to prove it first and then teach it because i found this sean nothing sells like results Mm -hmm. so if i could say to you Hey, I just set up this content marketing funnel and it generated this many clients and then we generated this much revenue. Would you like to learn? <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's an in, easy sell, it's yeah. Instant. Because yeah. it like people the only reason people don't buy things is because they don't believe it's gonna work or they right. don't believe it's gonna work for them. Mm-hmm. And if you can dispel both of those with results, like you can you can scale anything. The problem is, like you said, most people don't have those results. Mm-hmm. So they're just telling you, selling you a pipe dream. Exactly. And it may or may not work. So then if I think people are well, I know this. People are attracted to confidence and clarity. They're repelled by confusion. Mm. So if there's any uh, doubt, like it's just going to be hard to scale
0: your business. Yeah, because numbers people, talk, man. That's it, man. So just like prove results. Yeah. So are you fully like out of the real estate stuff, or is that more just passive?
1: Um, so we have a team. I still do that every day. So I spend half my time on the mortgage and real estate business, and then half the time doing the oh, education thing. So I'm kind of in both spots now. Um, maybe eventually that'll change,
0: but for now I like doing both. What type of real estate models do you like? Cause I know creative financing is hot right now. I'm seeing stuff about commercial real estate. I'm seeing stuff about Airbnb kind of dying off. W- what, what kind of strategies do you do?
1: So what I'm looking for is more just kind of the slow and steady, boring stuff. So what I, I, I've just now started doing more creative stuff because interest rates are so high right now right. that you have to get creative with owner financing, taking over loans, like assumable loans. Uh, my friend Pace Morby taught me about buying property subject to, so right. you can take over people who have a really low rate. You can take over their mortgage. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that I've been getting into in the last year to acquire more real estate. But for me, prior to the rate spiking, it was just like about finding good deals, and then in quality markets that are growing and just mm. buying property. Mm. You know, so I've just been buying single family homes, you buy and hold. Correct. Yeah, and then just leveraging that over time. So my strategy with investing has been to make money from something. And then put that money, park it into a deal, right. like a, a real estate deal. And then from there, go back to making money. Mm. And then these things appreciate, spit off cash. And then try and just build this you know, thing to the point where it's spitting off enough money. So I'm still Got in it. that growth phase. Uh, as far as commercial goes, I haven't gotten into it. But everybody who I talk to who's in the commercial space is telling me that there's going to be an opportunity in commercial real estate in the next couple of years. Mm. Because what's happened is interest rates have spiked Uh, This is going to cause a slowdown. A lot of people thought it was going to make the real estate market crash, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't because there's just not enough homes to meet the demand of people who want to buy these homes. So real estate has kind of stayed pretty strong, residential real estate, Mm. but office and commercial has been having a lot of vacancy. Like there's a lot of business, there's a lot of like, you know, vacant office buildings, office buildings that need to be renovated. You're starting to see big deals kind of people go into default on Mm -hmm. these buildings so there's going to be an opportunity. So real estate will have a little bit of a crash, but it's not going to be what you think. It's not residential, it's going to be the commercial space. Interesting. So I'm going to start looking in the next, you know, year or two at possibly buying in that space. I have not bought anything commercial, yeah. but I want to get into that. And you're taking out loans against your equity eventually, right? Correct. Yeah, so you can borrow against the properties you own. That's debt, so it's not taxable. Mm-hmm. Debt is kind of expensive right now. So that's where you need to get Creative with financing, right? Uh, but that's going to change. So right now, interest rates are at a 22-year high. Mm-hmm. They're going to come down next year. You think so? Yes. But right now, they have to stay high because uh, how much inflation is out there. Mm. So there's so much inflation; everything's expensive. The Federal Reserve is trying to kind of crack the economy, so yeah. they want to they want to bring all that down, and so they have to leave rates really high for a period of time. So I believe that by this time next year, so one year from now, mm-hmm. we're talking about fall 2024 you should see rates a percent or two lower than where they're at today. So it will be like, what, what are they now, like seven? Correct, yeah. So if we can get into the fives, high fives, yeah. that would be really good for the real estate market. Yeah. Right now at seven, it's putting things kind of on lockdown, meaning like um, in the sixes, they were slowing down, but still active. In the sevens, I've seen people just kind of back off. Yeah, it's too high, man. <laughs> they're just like, yeah. I don't seven know. on a
0: million dollars is like 70K a year. Correct, so
1: it's it's, a lot. it's quite a bit of interest that you're paying. So And then you think about unsecured debt, credit cards, uh, auto loans, like those rates are getting really high as well. Yeah. I saw somebody send an offer in the mail the other day, and I looked at it, and it was like a balance transfer for a credit card, and it said seventeen percent. Holy like, crap! What the heck? Like people, are you taking advantage of this? Like, yeah. So this is insane as far as how expensive money became, and it was just very quick. Dude, it went from cheap, like almost free money, yeah, to like the most expensive money in two decades.
0: It's nuts, dude. I was on the phone yesterday because I'm buying a house right now, and hard money is eleven to fifteen percent right now. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: So it just makes deals a lot more difficult. Yeah, and so it's not that the market's going to crash because everyone who has a property who has a low rate is just hanging on to it, mm-hmm. and then buyers are saying S- rates are too high. So I think we're just going into a state of grid- it's a stalemate. Right, it's just a gridlock because
0: the prices aren't dropping in no. Vegas at least.
1: Correct. Yeah, in many most markets, there's just there's not enough supply. Yeah, like people who are saying the market's going to crash, they didn't realize like most of this is based on demand and supply. Right. Demand's pretty decent because there's a lot of people who want to buy homes, and then there's very few homes to buy. Mm-hmm. So if you go out and look, and you probably found this, there's not like a bunch to look at. No. Like you're like I was. I just bought a house um, six months ago in Vegas. Yeah. In uh, Summerlin, we looked for a while. We didn't find. Yeah. Shit. Summerlin doesn't have. Shit, bro. There was nothing. <laughs> so we like kept looking, kept looking, and then we found one. We're like, oh, get to move on yeah. this. But I mean, at the time, there was like three properties to look at. Yeah. Back in the day, you could look for like ten yeah, homes yeah, on at a weekend. Least. And then you could look again next weekend. So yep. there's not that much to look at. Meaning, whatever's there, if it's quality, it can be sold. And the only stalemate now is becoming as the rates kept going up. The buyers are like, I don't want to buy. I'm just going to wait. Yeah. So I saw in the news that rates are going to come down next year. So why don't I just hold off? Yeah. So it's just creating this like super low level of transaction. Makes sense. Neil, it's been fun, man. Anything you want to promote or close off with? No, man. Just thanks for having me. And if anybody wants to connect or needs help on on. Content and all this stuff, just shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm at Neil home. I respond to all DMs. So just DM me and I'll be happy to help. Love it. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, bro.
0: Thanks for watching guys. And I'll see you next time. Peace.